Welcome to Mimble Wimble, the Harry Potter podcast. I am Prashantini and I am Aishwarya. We are going to reread the Harry Potter books and discuss them over the course of our run. The episode title today is Harry gets a new friend. We start in the middle of chapter 9, the midnight duel and end with chapter 10, Halloween. We are going to do a quick recap of everything that happens between Harry learning to fly and Harry getting a new friend. Well, after Harry learns how to fly and everyone discovers that he can do it really, really well, Harry joins the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Ron is flabbergasted at these turn of events because joining the Quidditch team would make Harry the youngest player in a century. Malfoy is just annoyed though that Harry didn't even get a detention and ends up challenging Harry to a midnight duel in the trophy room. When Harry and Ron sneak out of their dorm that night, an angry Hermione who overheard their conversation waits up to confront them but somehow winds up joining them. They set out to the trophy room where... Malfoy is not present. It turns out to be a trap. While trying to make their getaway from Filch, they wind up in the Forbidden Corridor. A three-headed dog is the painful death Dumbledore warned them about, so they immediately decide Filch is the better option and make a run for it. A few weeks pass. Harry receives a top-end broom from McGonagall and a Quidditch coaching session from Wood. Things don't work out as well for Hermione and Ron who have a fallout after a charms lesson. Ron says some pretty mean things which Hermione unfortunately overhears. It upsets her so much that instead of attending the Halloween feast, she cries in the girls' bathroom. Midway through the feast, however, when news of a troll disrupts the celebrations, Harry and Ron realize that they need to save Hermione. So they book it to the girls' bathroom and end up fighting the troll. When the teachers rush in and McGonagall is understandably angry, Hermione invents a cover story and saves their butt. This event helps them bond and become better friends. If I were Ron I'd be super jealous after the events of the previous episode because Ron is a huge Quidditch fan and he was the one who taught Harry what Quidditch is and how it is played and all that and now with just one flying session Harry is able to get into the team and Ron is still an outsider I know I mean setting aside the fact that Harry technically broke rules also and he got rewarded for it I think so, that would bother Hermione more than yeah anyone Ron. else I agree so when Fred and George come over to congratulate Harry they walk away talking about how Lee's found like a new way out of the school they say that it's probably the one near the statue of Gregory the Smarmy which they found in the first week of their first week of school so apparently Gregory the Smarmy invented a potion which induces the drinker to believe the one who gives them the potion is their best friend it's like love potion but for friendship pretty much yeah so when the twins say that Lee Jordan found a passageway they use the word reckons anyway we've got to go Lee Jordan reckons he's found a new secret passageway out of the school Harry Potter is the first book where i saw this word if i see reckons i kind of associate it with harry potter <laughs> <laughs> It's really important to have a sport in your fictional world because that's one of the ways in which you can, you know, make the world more realistic. Because even if you're not actually playing the sport yourself, you're going to be mildly aware of it at least. When you add in things like sports and holidays and festivals and stuff like that, it just helps the reader immerse themselves in the world even more. I remember reading this fascinating Twitter thread about a list of things that help you make your fictional world more convincing and sports were like number 1 on oh. it. We don't play baseball, but we know what the Super Bowl is. I don't don't play cricket but i know what the world cup is <laughs> you cannot escape sports people around you are constantly talking about it all the time and having like rituals around it that e- even if you don't play it you're aware that it yeah. exists so any character you write in a fictional world will at least be aware of something yeah i read somewhere that uh, jk rowling wanted to bring in something that will bring the society together 
and that's how the sport quidditch came about to be i think jk rowling deliberately made the decision to base quidditch sort of for real world games so that people will be able to relate to it easily because the trouble with always having fictional sports is it's not like you can watch it and pick it up most of the time you pick up a game by either playing it yourself or watching it over time you yeah. understand its rules by you know repeatedly encountering circumstances where those rules come into play but when you have a fictional game you only have your character's point of view to like kind of understand it in the private coaching session that harry has with wood exactly, you yeah. can see harry thinking about like okay these it's sort of like basketball and it's an easy way for you to immediately pick up what yeah. it represents it is pretty weird that there's only like one major sport yeah that or maybe the major sport in britain is quidditch like the major sport in india arguably is cricket i mean i don't see families gathering to watch hockey or like <laughs> pretty much anything else ice skating or what else you <laughs> ice play? skating I, i can't think of anything else that indians play football okay so your sports knowledge goes cricket hockey and then ice skating pretty much the only sport i watch in the olympics is synchronized swimming <laughs> no it's because this community itself is really small like you mentioned in the last episode there are only 20 students in the class all of the magical children in britain study in this one school so it's pretty small and it's understandable that there will be only one sport and obviously it's also easier for jk rolling to write about one sport later on she does mention that there is a sport like chess gobstones in the book so she does mention other things in periphery but she focuses on like this mm. one thing i think these two chapters midnight duel and uh, halloween are the funniest in the book i'm glad that we are getting to talk about it together because they are hermione heavy and the hermione's interaction with ron and jk rowling's narration of hermione's intentions are really funny so i actually like to talk a little bit about hermione's motivation in stopping them from going through the duel i've been watching a lot of the good place recently a sitcom by nbc well it's basically about how this person dies goes to the good place but she realizes that she doesn't actually belong there because she was never good in her life so she tries to learn to be a better person so she can fit in there they talk about that you know how good isn't just a black and white term right you can do something that is good but you might not have the right motives to do it right for instance in this case Hermione doesn't want them to go to the duel because she thinks they'll get into trouble. But the way she says it is, you shouldn't go because you'll lose points, points that I won. So it's like her motivation is, I don't want you to go because I've worked really hard to get these points. I think she's being set up as someone who is so selfish in the beginning, at least in the beginning of these two chapters. Because later when she does something selfless, Harry and Ron are really taken aback and that's when they become friends. Yeah, I mean, when she makes up that cover story to help save Ron and Harry, that is an instance of her actually being selfless because yeah. she makes up a story that puts her in the wrong light. She actually ends up losing points from McGonagall. She's not thinking about herself for once. She's actually thinking about someone mm. else, yeah. which is where what she does is actually good. Yeah. Especially compared to what she says when they're worried that they'll get into trouble. If he finds all three of us, I'll tell him the truth, that I was trying to stop you and you can back me up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Ron's coaching of Harry for the duel is really, really funny. And what if I wave my wand and nothing happened? Throw it away and punch him on the nose, Ron suggested. <laughs> So Peeves in the illustrated edition actually looks super creepy. He looks a little bit like what I imagine creepy clowns look like. Mm. He has pointy hair and he looks kind of severe and creepy. Whereas Peeves in the movie looks like Uncle Fester from Adam's family. Wait, Peeves in the movie? I mean, the Peeves that they were going to have in the movie. So Peeves was 
actually cast in the first movie he was in the script but they later and cutting out his bit entirely so we got the money but he wasn't in the movie i've seen the character art they had in mind for peeves and he looks a lot more like uncle fester and i don't <laughs> think peeves comes in any of the subsequent films either they i think they just thought there's a ghost overlord he doesn't serve any particular plot purpose yeah. so they were like okay extend his character and they just cut him unlike the other ghosts like uh, nearly headless snake and the bloody baron peeves is of pretty much no significance How strange is that the third floor corridor that's actually forbidden is near the charms classroom. I know, right? We know from later on in this book that there are tons of classrooms that are not used. Why didn't yeah. they just move the charms classroom to one of them? I don't know. Seriously, this makes it seem like the castle is really small. Yeah. But <laughs> I also thought that maybe the reason that the forbidden corridor is like right next to the charms classroom is if you don't want people to go somewhere you hide it in plain sight. It's not hidden. Everybody knows that yeah. the corridor is right there. And you can open the door with one simple spell. Yes. You see that that Hermione knows. That like, Hermione a first year yeah. already knows. Yeah. I know. We okay, Hermione is very smart and we can maybe say that she's equal to maybe a fifth year student right? Third year at Third least. Third year maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there are plenty of other students who are more advanced than her. and they would know too i guess they just take dumbledore on his word and decide to not go looking into the corridor mm-hmm. so the three headed dog standing on a trap door is funny because the beast that guards the entrance of hell is a three headed dog named cerebrus the thing you killed in the game the thing i killed in the game yes that game she's referring to is god of war 3 <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you fight a couple of cerebruses i think yeah. they're really nasty in the game and when they like see the three headed dog harry makes a quick decision that you know between the dog and filch he'll rather take filch and he like decides to hurry out and filch isn't there because filch is like off somewhere else which sounds really weird because peeps sets up the alert only when they're near the charms classroom which means filch should technically have been like in the corridor but lucky for them you know they no one's there on their way back to the gryffindor tower yeah even before that hermione points out that malfoy laid a trap for them and both ron and harry are like they understand that, that, that that's the truth but they refuse to accept it to her <laughs> i love her is so funny through this whole thing not intentionally but yeah i love that she says we could all have been killed or worse expelled all these things are much better in the movie i agree i'm so surprised it's just they, they have not used like new dialogues but they immediately tell you what hermione is made of now If you two don't mind, I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed or worse, expelled. There are very 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 few instances in the whole movie versus book universe where the movie can come out as a better version compared to the book. I wonder how much of it is also that we've probably seen the first movie many times. A lot of people criticize the first movie for being poorly made because of CGI and how it's like almost a literal translation of the book to the What? film. What? Yeah. Like how is that a criticism? They they think the first two movies are sort of like childish but yeah. from movie 3 it starts, you know, it acquires a darker tone, it's more mature storytelling. But the I, book itself does. Yeah. Exactly. The book itself does. And I also think that Chris Columbus did an amazing job with child actors. I'm willing to forgive him for like pretty much anything. I don't think there's anything to forgive him I for. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so the next day Neville and Hermione are the only sensible ones who don't want to go near the trap door again. Harry and Ron are like pretty excited about their adventure and they they just want to like discuss what do you think is beyond the trap door. Hermione points out there was a trap door. Yeah. Even though she is the one who notices it, she doesn't have a lot to think because she doesn't know about uh, the the movement of the package from Vault three hundred and seventeen. Seven hundred and thirteen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, the ending of this chapter and the previous chapter where one voiceover tells us what Harry is thinking is really weird. But Hermione had given Harry something else to think about as he climbed back into bed. The dog was guarding something. It doesn't go with the tone of the book at all. And it's more like, um, ah, this is a child adventure book. Trying to conclude every chapter with this intriguing cliffhanger or something. Uh, it sort just of reminded so me of Nancy Drew. Like, exactly, exactly. Everything has to end with like... some kind of cliffhanger yeah yeah <laughs> also do all new players get like a top end broom from the school it's clearly a case of mcgonagall getting favoritism it's favoritism but not for the student but more for the game yeah <laughs> yeah she's willing to overlook anybody's rule breaking when it comes to good things happening to the gryffindor quidditch team i guess also why does it have to be the best broom in the market because she wa- really wants the team to win they know, haven't won in 6 years if i were another student at the school i would be very hurt and pissed off if you had been selected in the quidditch team and then you didn't get a broom then sure you what would, what would the older the existing quidditch team think about it ah those are the people that we should, yeah. she should be concerned about yeah right i think the other people in the team though they might be pissed off that they didn't get a nice broom they must be excited because they got a new seeker and what happened to the previous seeker we never find out on the book. yeah we never find out yeah. well wood ends up doing a better job of explaining quidditch than pretty much everybody else because he's the captain of a quidditch team sure yeah also he has access to the quidditch pitch and <laughs> balls i guess but yeah. yeah quidditch is easy enough to understand each team has seven players three chasers two beaters one keeper and the seeker I found it really funny that uh, Arias have the bludgers ever killed anyone would says not at Hogwarts. <laughs> Good answer. Yes. <laughs> I really like the concept of bludgers. It's dodgeball in another game like football. I also read that real sports fans are really pissed off when they read about Quidditch because Snitch alone carries 150 points. points. The disparity between the points for a quaffle and for catching a snitch is so much that they get pissed off apparently. No, I totally get it because imagine if you have one team who which is like which has amazing chasers right and they're keeping on scoring with the quaffle continuously. If the other team is like super incompetent but the seeker manages to catch the snitch, they win. Okay, most popular games do not have that kind of a I don't lucky know. card. Yeah, it's not. It, there's no wild card situation where that can happen. You win because you work together as a team, and all of you are equally good, and that's how you know. I can understand why people are like, hey, that's not fair per mm-hmm. se. Like, that's not a game which is like you know which hinges on everybody's competence. Mm-hmm. Whereas other games, other sport, team events require the entire team to play together well. Maybe scoring with a quaffle is really easy. hitting that many goals hitting 15 goals with a quaffle is probably not hard at all we see later on in the series many we see a lot of quidditch games most of them are because of plot but we see some quidditch games and only in one situation the team that loses gets the snitch but the team that wins actually won because they scored so many times with the quaffle that you know that even getting the snitch did not equalize the points i guess it's more like basketball it's very compared to football it's very easy to score in basketball no it's like they okay have, like, it's goal scoring in like double triple digits and all okay it's like in uh, if they were playing like uh, football mm. but also they buried like one gold coin somewhere in the field <laughs> and if you came across the gold coin you win the game so i can understand why people are like hey no well 
when you think of competence as throwing the ball yeah. then yeah what you're saying is true but think of competence as flying yeah being a seeker also matters like flying and it's about being discreet you mm. have to make sure you're not signaling to the other seeker yeah. and it's about keeping an eye out and finding the snitch so all of that is true as well i like that just like hogwarts just like the whole magical community it's kind of unpredictable it doesn't follow the rules that are set for muggle world i know right because a match can go on for as long as 3 months yeah <laughs> Can you imagine this the snitch probably just like came to the seeker in the end and was like seriously just catch me like <laughs> apparently a match can also end when the captains mutually agree to end it aha uh-huh. if i had been a witch i would be like ron because yeah. it's such an exciting game it's something you cannot do none of the others actually fly in a broom ever other than the quidditch players so it's kind of a superhuman thing i actually agree why do they get flying lessons in the first year if nobody ever flies anywhere no i think maybe jk rowling wanted to develop it later but then it never came around before we move on to the main event of this chapter everybody has a harry potter story right everybody precisely remembers when they started reading and how they started reading what is yours Well, mine is really boring. I think I was around 10 and it was summer vacation. So my mom took me to the library so I'd have something to do the whole day. So I really wanted to read Lord of the Rings because the movie had just come out and the poster looked like really interesting. So even though it at my library because the Lord of the Rings was like really popular at that time, you had to pay like a special fee and all extra fee to like rent it on top oh. of. So our library had the system where you pay a amount and you take out 14 books on that amount and then you pay this amount again and you take out like that. So you had to pay like extra to rent it on top some 100 bucks extra or something but because I was like persistent my mom was like okay fine we'll take lot of the rings out and then the librarian recommended harry potter saying you know what this movie is also come out a lot of people seem to like the book so why don't you read this as well so i was pretty reluctant but okay like i picked up those two and i think i picked up i don't even remember the third book that i got and all so i remember like starting to read the lot of the rings first i was very young and i was pretty bored immediately i was such a stick in the mud that when i saw that you know bilbo celebrating his 71st birthday i was like that's not even a word <laughs> you were reading fantasy at that point i didn't know what fantasy was i didn't mm. know the difference in genres i'd been reading like enid blyton all my life and i was reading different as in i read a couple of other things but i didn't really know like difference in genre like fantasies like this people make up words i just knew 71st is not a word and i was pretty prejudiced from the beginning and i wasn't very into the story either there's a lot there was a lot more nuance than my brain was ready to understand after chapter 1 i like immediately ditched the book and i decided to give harry potter a go well the rest is history i finished reading the book that day and then oh. made my mother go back to the library and get me the, the all the other books <laughs> like i remember like i i read everything in like a go immediately right my mom came back with book 2 uh, and 3 i think so i sent her back for 4 and 5 because i thought the whole series was over so i sent her back for 4 and 5 and she came back with 4 and she was like i don't think book 5 is out yet this is the only one there and i was so sad because <laughs> that was it and i had to wait after that <laughs> nice. and that was before like the internet right so i had zero idea when it was going to come if it was going to come and then i think the books like really blew up yeah thanks to the movies that it started coming on tv when they were going to announce book 5 i remember watching on tv people like queuing up for book 5 and all yeah on the news yeah on the news yeah so it was pretty weird even my parents were like pretty shocked that you know there's this thing that she's reading and look it's on the news why is it so popular like i don't get it <laughs> i remember my mom even like i i was telling her about the story and all and she, she wasn't really into it she was just like oh children's book nobody in my family was very into it when i was a kid they just didn't understand why i was so excited especially when i really wanted to watch the movie and i was like i will watch 
only on an original disc purchased from Warner Brothers. <laughs> nice ethics. Yeah. And I my mom actually bought an original copy when she went on a business trip to like Bombay. She like bought an original copy for me and came. So <laughs> that is my boring Harry Potter story. Yeah, it's not so boring. Yeah. <laughs> my story will paint me in a bad light actually. Why? I was 13 or 14. and harry potter was all in the rage it was everywhere it was kind of like when you became crazy with hamilton yes and i i want i wanted to avoid it precisely because there's so much hype around it but technically hamilton hype was literally delivered by one person me the and twitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> there were a bunch of people who were crazy about harry potter in my school and i was a big sherlock holmes fan and i couldn't understand how a book can be so good that it can be better than sherlock holmes <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah So I was convinced that I was never going to read it but my sister wanted to read it and for some reason I don't know why she did not borrow it from her friends but we borrowed it from one of my friends and my friend Madhu she's a huge potter head I mean huge she wrote a song about going to Hogwarts and stuck it up on the wall in our classroom wow that yeah. that is huge that is some commitment yeah right? yeah so she did not want me to read the books because i was dissing it even before i started reading it i can totally like feel her yeah and uh, i was also not very interested so i promised her that i would never read it when i took it for my sister and as soon as i went home i promptly broke the promise because i was curious <laughs> i was kind of into it right from the beginning but when hagrid says you're a wizard harry i was completely taken in because that's the first book of that kind i read someone in a miserable situation being taken away from it not because of a prince coming and kissing them but more because of who they actually are it was pretty exciting for me and uh, after that i started reading the books many many times madhu let me borrow her books many 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 times it's it's one of my very very fond childhood memories talking about harry potter to my friends it's my comfort memory even now when i was in school and college i never got to buy those books when i got my first salary ever the first thing i bought for myself is the copy of philosopher's stone that is a pretty great story it's not <laughs> that bad seriously but i completely understand your thing about harry potter being like a, a comforting memory of your childhood when i think about it it's like reading harry potter gave me a joy that sort of like stained that part of my life where yeah. i still like remember it okay so hey that particular age i discovered harry potter and it's so great that you had people to talk about it with because nobody in my class was reading it and i didn't actually find someone who read the books prior to meeting me until i was like 12 or 13 mm. so for a long time it was just me reading the books and when i was a child especially any time i read something usually my mother had read it or my brother had read it so there was somebody to talk about even if the discussions were really lame like i would be like oh that was so cool or i did not see that coming i love this character or something like that why is it lame that's what we do know in this podcast yeah, <laughs> well that's the height of my intellectual discussion even as a child so i didn't have anybody to talk about it with and for a long time it felt like you know like only i knew it like it was some secret that lay within me and there was nobody there i felt that way about twilight also because when i read twilight nobody i knew had read twilight and nobody was there to talk about it at all it is pretty great to have friends who you can talk with about these things before the seventh book came out we spent hours talking about what seventh book could be like whether harry would be 
dead by the end of the book <laughs> uh, by by the time book 6 and 7 came out i had four people who were like fellow conspiracy theorists i i remember like we used to have long discussions about like motivations of particular characters yeah. and it was really fun i have never found another series where i have gotten so excited about it where i have debated for hours on theories and motivations and stuff like that there are some tv shows that i yeah. watch where i'm trying to like duplicate that feeling but it just doesn't happen because they are not the same true it's not as deep just like everybody has a love story everybody has a harry potter story right yeah and it would be pretty great if we could get those stories from our listeners yeah and play it in our podcast right so this is the start of a new segment where we feature the harry potter stories of our listeners so if you've got a harry potter story that you're interested in telling us please reach out to us yeah just record it in your phone keep it within a minute and mm-hmm. just send the recording to us at mumblewumblepodcast@gmail.com yep Okay, now getting back to the action. So now is when Harry realizes that two months pass really quickly when you're having fun, right? Like he's he's trading for Quidditch, he's attending classes, he has a friend. It's all like really fun times for Harry. And we also know that Hermione is actually having a very bad time. She's actually having the exact opposite first few days of Hogwarts compared to Harry. Yeah, mm. and the classes actually progress to the point where Filtwick sets them to. doing charms mm. which is when ron gets paired up with hermione and harry gets paired up with seamus Sh- yes seamus <laughs> harry and seamus are on the same level pretty much seamus actually starts a fire which harry puts out with his hat i like that it's a recurring trope in the movies where whenever seamus is around something blows up or <laughs> really? i didn't fire. realize yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> right from the beginning but ron gets paired up with hermione Hermione and both of them are really angry about it. This is Hermione is trying to help in the only way she knows how, right? Like by teaching somebody something and by bossing them around. I don't know if she's trying to help. Ron on the other hand doesn't take very well to the bossing because he's trying to like perform the spell Wingardium Leviosa. Hermione is like you're saying it wrong. I love the way she says it in the movie. It's actually turned out to be the most iconic moment in the first movie. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to take someone's eye out. Besides, you're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> She just tries once and makes the feather fly, which, which makes Ron, Ron even <laughs> more angry. Right? So when they like leave the class, Ron is like, you know, he's really angry, and he tells Harry like, no wonder she has no friends. And Hermione overhears that and gets like really upset because she's had a pretty horrible start of term and people are just alienating her. So she like runs away in tears. It looks like Ron is feeling upset immediately, like slightly uh, guilty, slightly guilty about what he says, but not enough that he follows her and apologizes or even tries to find her later and apologizes. I'm surprised to find out that even Harry is not trying. I think to... Harry just thinks of it as an outsider thing. It's not like he agreed or even said anything. He was literally just listening to Ron. True. In a lot of situations like this, Harry is just there. there. Yeah. he doesn't it, it happens many times over the course of the series most of the times when there's a fight between ron and hermione harry is just there <laughs> until it gets to a point where you know it inconveniences him harry just lets it be yeah. like, <laughs> it's happening fine i am going away or i am just standing here and not saying anything it's pretty sucky of harry yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> they go to the feast and then they overhear they forget about her mind yeah completely <laughs> <laughs> then they go to the feast and they hear parvati telling somebody that you know she's crying in the girls bathroom and she doesn't want to come even then it's not like they're motivated to go out and search when you're that young you don't yeah i guess this is normal yeah crying in the loo all the mm-hmm. time is it's only when quirrell like bursts into the great hall and says Turn around in the dungeon. 
Sorry, what do you know? That no is when and it's not even Ron. By the way, it's Harry who says maybe we should let Hermione know because she doesn't know. Yeah, and uh, as soon as Dumbledore says, "Prefects will lead our house back to the dormitories." The line reads, "Percy was in his element." Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He immediately starts like shepherding people to like the dorms. But also what kind of defense against the dark arts teacher cannot take care of a troll? Yeah. Dumbledore has a poor choice in teachers. Seriously. I agree. There's Snape and there's... Snape can be good at his job but he's a horrible teacher. Yeah, but at least Snape Snape knows what he's teaching. Yeah. Quirrell is completely incompetent right from the beginning. I mean, maybe a troll isn't, you know, part of the dark arts. Maybe it's like a medium art or like a... not very scary art or something harry and ron escape and try to find hermione who's in the girl's bathroom on the way there i think they see snape yes going towards the forbidden yes. corridor yes harry and ron get slightly suspicious but they move on to find out where the troll actually is they find the troll based on the smell right mm mm-hmm. and seeing the troll go into some room with a lock and a key in it they just shut the door and lock the troll inside and they feeling pretty good about themselves until they hear a scream and then they realize that the room that they locked the troll in is the girl's bathroom that they were <laughs> seeking out all this time it's very brave of ron harry to actually go back yeah right they could have easily gone after snape and been like hey there's a troll there <laughs> but instead or they try to find another teacher if it's not snape and then you know try to get help instead they actually like unlock the room even though they neither of them know any magic they try to like help hamaini out right hamaini is completely frozen in that moment mm-hmm. she's just hiding underneath one of the sinks harry actually like you know tries to distract it by throwing a tap like, <laughs> he blocked a tap free how strong is harry and how weak are these taps <laughs> when it fails to get the troll's complete attention he actually jumps onto the troll and sticks his wand up its nose ron thinks on his feet really well and uses a spell to like the only spell that he has learned yes yeah. a spell that he and hamaini had argued about <laughs> to like knock the troll out yeah it's it's a pretty big difference between the book and the movie here because mm-hmm. in the book ron does it all by himself in the movie hermione actually helps Oh, she does? Yeah, she says... Swish and flick! When Guardian Leviosa! That's when he remembers. Oh! Right now, in the book, she's just a damsel in distress. Well, the distress is caused by Harry and Ron. <laughs> but she is kind of a mute spectator. And together, they take down the troll. And the Wingardium Leviosa spell finally works and knocks it out. Promptly. Quirrell yeah. and Snape and... McGonagall. McGonagall show up. So, in the illustrated edition, right after, like, you know, Ron uses the spell and all, there's, like, a two-page spread that's dedicated to trolls from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. There's, like, picture of a troll. It's, like, 12 foot tall and ugly and it has, like, horny scales that apparently, like, fall off and stuff. There's also, like, a picture representation of its brain to show you how small it is. There's a cross-section of the brain where they show you different sections of the brain dedicated to what. There's actually a section dedicated to kittens. And keep thinking it's Tuesday. (laughs) Kittens? Kittens. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> it's just it's a really fun two page spread when mcgonagall comes and she is like furious with the three of them and uh, when they're trying to figure out what to say hamaini like actually steps up and says you know what i was coming in search of the troll because i've read about them and i thought i could deal with them and very then, very convincing like yeah very convincing like and harry and ron like came to rescue me and it makes harry and ron look good immediately and mcgonagall is like really angry but she takes away only 5 points from hamaini and yeah. gives harry and ron 5 points each for taking down a troll for that taking, the whole school is running yeah in panic because there's a troll which makes also convinces me further that the troll really is in that menacing because yeah. five points really for taking down a troll i yeah. love this this line that says harry and ron tried to look as though this the story wasn't new to them <laughs> <laughs> 
I love the sentence with which this chapter ends, right? Yeah, like I love it, I love it. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other. And knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. Yeah, if I had to pick like one quote from all the chapters till now, it'll probably be this line because this yeah. line feels like it's it's all heart. I I love the ending of this chapter and everything's like so starting to get so exciting. Oh yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to discussing the next few chapters. Can we talk a little bit about the role Hermione plays in the larger narrative of Harry Potter? I I think it's like ingenious. I didn't really realize it until someone pointed it out to me. But J.K. Rowling has very carefully chosen Harry's friends in the book. They serve very specific purposes, right? Most people have one best friend, but Harry has two. Between the three of them, they actually represent different factions of the wizarding world themselves. Ron is a pure blood and he comes from a large family. So he is well versed with pure blood traditions and he has a lot of common sense actually. But Hermione is the muggle-born who's the bookworm as well. She's the one who goes to the library and does the research so that Harry and Ron can have the information but don't have to go through the boring parts like reading books <laughs> and like talking to people and figuring things out. And uh, Harry is the half-blood. He instinctively acts all the time. So between Hermione and Ron, throughout the series, Harry gets all the information he needs to act upon every single time. True. If it's a situation that involves like some sort of uh, thing that isn't necessarily passed along in like written in a book or something like that, Ron will know about it. And Ron will be there to help like Harry walk through the barrier at platform nine and three quarters and stuff like that. But Hermione is there when Harry needs like theoretical information about, about something that happened in the past or if he needs to make connections between events like, you know, how did A lead to B. Hermione is there to do the research and plug Harry from A to B. And it's it's pretty smart. Usually a hero is the one who has to do all of these things. True. But she offloads the work to yeah. <laughs> the other two characters so that the hero can just, you know, focus on being heroic. I actually got into a huge argument with someone mm-hmm. like a few years ago because they said that Harry Potter doesn't actually need Harry. What they meant was most of the work is done by Hermione. Mm-hmm. We know that nobody is actually going to come and tell you that Harry is the brains of the no no of the, <laughs> of the trio. But it's it's more like Hermione is such a strong supporting character that sometimes she overshadows the hero. And Harry is also written to be a person who doesn't have a lot of motivations himself. He cannot make the right decisions himself. But when someone tells him that that is the right decision, he can go to any lens to make sure that it happens. It happens. I, I think it's a good balance and both of them need to be there. Hermione also learns a lot from Harry over the... Over I agree. The course of this book you, it could have never been like... Some people think that Ron doesn't have to be there. Hmm. I've seen arguments on the internet about how like you know Ron is unnecessary to the storyline because technically whatever Harry needs to know Hermione does like Hermione knows all of that information like even if it's like a visiting ritual Hermione can read about it and hmm. hence technically hmm. know but Ron actually brings much needed like fun Right. He help, Yes, he brings camaraderie. He helps Harry relax. He helps Harry be himself. Yeah. With Hermione, Harry would have just, you know, like done homework, gone to school. He wouldn't be relaxing and having fun and doing things that he loves. Yeah. Ron is he a friend. Laugh. Yeah. I don't think Hermione would ever let Harry talk. I think she would let Harry talk, but it Hermione comes to them when she needs to, like, you know, be normal and be friends. That is later on. Yeah. Right now, based on what we've seen... Hermione wouldn't yeah. let them get a word out. Actually, even over the course of this interaction, Ron is the person who talks to Hermione. Harry doesn't. Harry says one or two words. Yeah, that's true. Ron is the cincher here. Like yeah. he's the one who makes sort of makes the decision. Actually, Ron is the one who also makes the decision to ignore Hermione in the first place. <laughs> and Ron is the one who makes the decision to befriend Hermione as well. Harry just goes along with Ron's yeah. decision. It's a very nice 
thing to do because the book even though it's called harry potter it's not entirely about this one person it's also about the people around him the message that jk rowling is trying to say is coming in through different characters harry is not the only person carrying that message i agree the story that is told here is more about friendship and bravery and right and wrong and all that is done through these supportive characters very very well yeah So fun fact when I was googling Hermione I discovered uh, this article on Pottermore called the original 40 and uh, Rowling talks about the original 40 students she wanted to like who would be in Harry's year right she apparently wrote down a list when she was writing the first book which she just uh, which she still has in a book in a notebook and in that she has, she has like uh, there are lots of names that have changed and lots of people who have been repurposed for other characters like Quirrell for instance was originally the name of a student but then ended up being a teacher So Hermione's last name originally was supposed to be Puckle. What? Yeah, P U C K L E, Puckle. <laughs> and you're not going to believe this. Draco Malfoy was supposed to be Draco's pungent. Okay. And then Draco's Spinks. <laughs> Spinks is pretty cool. S P I N K S. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then it became Draco Malfoy. I think now we are used to these names so But Ronald Weasley was always Ronald Weasley from the beginning. <laughs> That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. In the next episode, we'll talk about the events leading up to Harry meeting Dumbledore. That's the end of chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised. If you like this episode, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us. You can follow us on Facebook and Tumblr at Mimblewimble Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Mimblewimble Pod. We have a lot of social media accounts. If you have a comment about this particular episode or the podcast in general please hop on over to our website mimblewimble.in and leave a comment in the comment section until next time bye bye